When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everybody. This is the Falcons podcast. It may look a little bit different because it is a little bit different. I am down in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl, so we're going to have to keep this to a tight 30 minutes. Nick is joining us as I speak. We're going to keep this to a tight 30 minutes because I'm almost positive they've moved up practice an hour early. I don't remember being this tight on time in the past, but we're going to keep this one to a 30 minutes because we got a lot to cover. First off, I want to say hello to everybody. I am Scott Kennedy. Like I said, I'm a Mobile. This guy right here, that's Nick Kendall. He is in Seattle. And there's been a lot of news since we saw you last. Nick, how are you doing, my friend? I am doing okay. Just making the uh, Mile High Huddle stream as we speak <laughs> and uh, getting the day together. I uh, woke up about an hour ago. It still takes a long time to get everything going, but uh, doing well. Excited for the Senior Bowl. Sad to see some guys back out. It's always part of the game, um, but really envious, jealous that you're down there. Hope it looks like good weather this week and should be a very interesting week with a lot of information to glean. Yeah, have uh, how's it look on the quarterbacks? Because I haven't really been paying attention to who is backed out or not. Has is, is has anything happened there? Because that's what I think most of us, honestly, are interested in. At least the first couple of days of practice are the the quarterbacks and how they throw. Yeah, so far all the quarterbacks are still in. Uh, so hopefully, you know, Penix, uh, obviously you have Nix, you have Pratt, you have Rattler. All those guys are still involved. The big ones that have backed out, uh, Connor Bebe, interior offensive lineman, stands out. Byron Murphy, unfortunately, stands out. Uh, and there's some more as well. But uh, none of the quarterbacks so far. So that is good news and should be a really, uh, really telling week down there. Okay, well, we go live on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, but I asked y'all the last couple of weeks, make sure you hit the subscribe button because our schedule will fluctuate just a little bit between Nick going off and having babies and me going to Senior Bowl. Uh, this is my fourth year in a row down here. Um, I got them mixed up. I was like, is this my fourth year? And I'm like, wait, Spencer Brown, Trevor Penning, wait, those were two different years. It's funny, you said those quarterbacks. I think all four of those quarterbacks – are probably more intriguing than any one of the quarterbacks that was down here last year, including Jaron Hall, who ended up starting some games for the, for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, not a good group uh, down there last year. Better than the group down there two years ago. I guess he had Kenny Pickett and Redder, so maybe it was better two years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting – with Malik Willis yeah. and Kenny Pickett, it, there was the, – the top guys were there. It was just, just a, a kind of a bad class, which goes against the just get your quarterback. Just get your quarterback. Just draft your quarterback. That mantra here, we've got to get a quarterback. We've got to get a quarterback. Man, if they're not there, you know, would you rather use a, a 15 pick on a guy that could be a starter on at guard for 10 years or Kenny Pickett? You know, I just, you know, and the answer from the general managers was the only one they thought worth taking in the first two rounds was Kenny Pickett. So it'll be interesting to see. the We, we preach all the time, the worst you can do is reach is reach for a guy, especially in the first round, where you're basically committed to trying to shoehorn him in if he doesn't work, right? New York Jets, and then maybe you can you can make a uh, make something happen afterward, or you could just get really lucky and be a good coach like Kyle Shanahan if you <laughs> if you miss on a 
on a corporate. That still astounds me to just flush three first round picks down the toilet and still be in the Super Bowl. My goodness, what a team! Yeah, extremely. Uh, I would not recommend that team building path. Honestly, <laughs> uh, I know that's like the the Rams made it this year with all this dead cap. Yeah, well. Probably be better if they didn't have yeah. the dead cap. Uh, so but... you, you try and build a team off the exceptions to the rule. And let me know how that goes. Yeah, exactly. But uh, the guys, we who, are, the guys who are out, yeah. I just wanted to list uh, some of the names um, so far. Yeah, Jalen Wright running back from Tennessee, unfortunately. Troy Fontenot, that's a really big bummer. Guard tackle, Washington. Michael Barrett, linebacker, Michigan. Mike Santra still, really good nickel corner from Michigan. Cedric Van Pran, uh, center from Georgia. Cooper Bebe, guard from Kansas State. Edge. Jaden Hicks, safety from Washington. Kayleen Carson, cornerback, Blake Forrest. Josh Newton, cornerback, TCU. So that's as of 14 hours ago. Obviously, things will change after the first day of practice even as well. Yeah, and the I guess the measurements probably happened yesterday. I haven't looked for them. Yes. Yesterday was a lot of me driving down here. Uh, it was about five-plus hours getting checked in, getting set up. Got my whole rig down here. I brought my my big old 32-inch monitor is in front of me. So I, I'm, when I'm down here for four days, I bring my desktop down here because I know I'm going to be putting in some work. Put in some works, Victor. Victor Marinani says, good morning, Scott and Nick. I love the OC hire, but I think we came short on the defensive coordinator area. Don't you think that with so many connections that Raheem has, we could have gotten a better name? I know um, Evan is probably in here. Evan's first choice was was Jimmy Lake. I remember he he hit me up on, on Twix and said, man, if he can get Zach Robinson and Jimmy Lake, this is an A-plus hire. Well, there you go. Um, I, I think for me, my number one choice for defensive coordinator, and it might not even be an option, would have been Ajiro Evera. And he might not be let out of his contract. He might not have asked to leave. He might not want to leave the Carolina Panthers. Uh, probably my number one choice may have been Ryan Nielsen, just to stay for the continuity of things. Um, but after that, possibly, you know, Ajiro Evero. But Jimmy Lake, what what can you tell us about Jimmy Lake? I know he was up in your neck of the woods for a little while up at uh, University of Washington. Yeah, flamed out pretty quickly uh, here in Washington, take over that, taking over that Chris uh, Peterson draft classes, or not, excuse me, recruiting classes. Didn't really live up to it here, uh, but was considered a really good defensive mind, defensive back coach, and has some connections to a few defensive prospects uh, in the upcoming draft as well, obviously. Didn't recruit the guys, but definitely coached them. Uh, you have Leatu Latu, of course, uh, was uh, recruited by Peterson, played under uh Blake for a season before the medical uh, retiring before going to UCLA and you have Jalen Trice, another edge rusher. Uh, if probably a day to early day two pick, unless he tests well and maybe goes to the back end of round one, but uh, two yeah, guys to keep an eye on. Jalen Trice was mocked to the Falcons early, like uh, in the, in the teens at one point. Yeah, he's, I don't see that level of athlete. He has a lot of good uh, pressures of some good tape, but I don't see the, I, I'll need to have the tape or excuse me, the testing verify that he is the caliber of athlete to be an mm -hmm. edge rusher first round, which I'm not sure he's a little stiff uh, to me, a, a hustle player, which is good. It's fine. I don't know if it's a first round player, uh, but uh, two names to keep an eye on now that uh, Lake is officially the defensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I think one of the there's several holdovers from the staff and I've I've not I've tried not to piss on Arthur Smith's grave for, you know, sorry for the bluntness on here because I I, I did think he did a good job in several of the things he did. And part of that was a staff. One of the hires I was hoping that they would keep over was, uh, was Dwayne Ledford, offensive line coach. He is being, he is being continued on to the next staff. Maurice Williams, special teams coordinator is being carried on, carried over. One of the guys I thought that a lot of us probably hoped was Jerry Gray. But as soon as Jimmy Lake was hired, he is a defensive backs coach. And, and uh, 
Good morning to Quentin Caldwell. And, and if you want him to be your defensive coordinator, then that just means there wasn't a spot for Jerry Gray at, at uh, for defensive backs. Uh, John Harrell says, good morning, Nick, uh, Scott, Nick, and the boys, and, and everybody else here, too. We're an inclusive group here. Uh, Wayne Robbins says, morning. Lake is just D.C. and name only. Raheem Morris will be the real D.C. Everyone on the league is excited about the coaching staff, especially Raheem. Yeah, I, I think one of the questions, you know, why not three years ago? Why? What makes him better than 15 years ago? Well, besides, you know, experience, to, to discount that someone can actually improve over 15 years of their career is, is just – I think that's disingenuous, I guess would be the word I would say to say, you know, you know, he, he stunk two decades ago. He must stink now. But the other part of this was the Rolodex, Nick, that Raheem Morris was able to put together, um, you know, over the course of the last 15 years, including working for Kyle Shanahan, including working for Sean McVay and the staff that he was going to build. I, I think everybody's got to be pretty happy about the staff. I mean, does this, does it, at worst, do you guys think this is, I think this is a better hire. The equivalent for this would be Dave Ragone, who is, if he's the, the offensive coordinator in name only, because Arthur Smith is the real offensive coordinator. I think Morris Lake is a stronger defensive core than Smith Ragone was on offense. When we talk about the, uh, the, the chops, the, the, the resume here. And it's so hard to say for coaching staffs. I mean, proof will be in the pudding. Are these guys, you, you hope they have a good working connection. Raheem Morris, like you mentioned, he could pretty much pull from any circle, uh, given his connection so far and just how well thought of he is as well. Uh, so I know that so many people I spoke with were just, you know, overjoyed that Morris got this shot because it was probably a year later than he deserved. So, uh, We'll see how it plays out. Uh, excited also about bringing in Zach Robinson. Would Zach Robinson pair with Justin Fields? I, I don't know. Uh, we have not seen Zach Robinson, you know, really have the – he's going to have a lot of pull on the offensive side. Obviously, Morris has coached both sides, so he can – he's obviously the head honcho still, but we're not sure what Robinson's preferences will be, uh, and it could be as simple as what's available to him at the time. But is he what, does he want a Justin Fields, you know, the off-script chaos, but the big explosive plays, or does he want somebody more timing-oriented, a a – Kirk Cousins, we just don't know yet. Yeah, I think, could Justin Fields succeed under a guy like Shane Steichen? Yes. 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 Absolutely, yes, he could. I think that would be, right now, if I could pick any coach that I would want coaching Justin Fields, it would be Shane Steichen. So if I have Justin Fields as my quarterback, I'm going to start borrowing a lot of stuff from the Indianapolis Colts offense and what they do, what he was doing with Anthony Richardson, because the, the knock on Anthony Richardson was, hey, this guy can't throw. He had like 50% pass completions in college. Well, all of a sudden, he's hitting dimes and, and, and using – he has to learn to stay healthy. I know all that stuff. But we've already seen Justin Fields is, knows how to run the ball. Um, he's probably a cleaner passer. If I was going on release, I would say he's probably a little bit quicker release. So I would start looking that direction and how I would want to run an offense if I were to try and get – a Justin Fields, which is a possibility. Mike Harvey coming in. And Edward, thank you for the super chat, my friend. Appreciate the support for the show. And I'm just hoping internet is going to hold out for me here. So far, so good. We're going to go about 30 minutes. Last night gets a little tough. <laughs> Last night was a little rough. So, so far, so good. Mike Harvey coming in with a super chat. Thank you, sir. Says Lake was horrible with the Huskies. Average with the commanders as a defensive coordinator. Um, average can be... Good. I know that sounds strange, but if you run an average 
defense with below average personnel, you did pretty good. The Huskies, that seemed like a pretty bad situation. And I don't know what he did in order. And the timing on that was weird with COVID and all that kind of stuff. Um, what did he get into that he got suspended for? Was it an altercation? Did he Woody Hayes somebody? Do you know anything about that? Uh, there were some sort of comments that he made, I, I believe, um, that were not well yeah, appreciated. Yeah, on the West Coast, you, 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 you can punch somebody, but you can't you know, hurt their feelings. So um, <laughs> I, I kid. Uh, and, and Mike, what I'm looking at this one is how good is he as a defensive backs coach? Because Raheem Morris might call this off, call this defense is, you know, can and, and you've got a lot to work with there with uh, with AJ Terrell, Jesse Bates. I will be shocked if some resources aren't put into corner and safety in the draft offseason. That, that will be two priorities, especially when you got a defensive coach there, Mike. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So staff's coming together, and now we got guys down there with eyes on the prospects and full steam ahead into the offseason and building this team, hopefully uh, making a run at the still very much absolutely wide open NFC South. Yeah. And Wayne Robinson, sorry, I, I kind of misread that. You know, you're especially excited about the, the Raheem Morris coaching hire. And yet, um, want to go to Sterling here. Sterling says, uh, well, we have our, now we need to get a wide receiver coach. That's not as important for me. Um, wide receiver and running backs coach. Those are usually your two best recruiters <laughs> when you talk, when you come to college, because those guys don't have as much coaching to do. I mean, sorry to put it that way to my friends out there who are wide receivers and running backs coaches, but you're also really good recruiters um, because there's, there's just God given ability at those positions, which, which brings me back to when you said some of the guys that were sitting out from the senior bowl, I heard linebacker, I heard running back as two like the top four names you named. I don't care. Th those are the guys I want. If you're going to, if I'm going to lose somebody from an all-star game where they're not allowed to tackle um, in, in, in practice, let's have it be linebacker and running back where they're just basically running routes on air anyway. Um, yeah. The one I don't I'm know most about wide receiver about coach here. Yeah. Sorry. I was going to say the one I'm most upset about is Troy Fontenot who uh, measured in about six, just about six, three, six, four, but came in with 34 inch arms. And uh, he's one that's like, everybody's going to put him at guard, but, the tackle tape talking, still talking Washington Huskies out here. It's really good. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see what he, just because of his style, he doesn't do as many drop sets. It's more of like, you know, springing up. He's the aggressor in his blocking style. Um, you know, you have the three different types, you know, you can be aggressive going to block the guy. You can do that 45 degree angle. You can have the drop set going straight back. Uh, he's been much more of the, you know, take the aggression towards the block, uh, towards the defender, but would have been awesome to see him down there. He had a chance to, Honestly, with the 34-inch arm length at his uh, at left tackle there, he had a chance, honestly, to push himself to offensive tackle three conversation, in my opinion. I think the tape was that good, but now he's out. So uh, we'll uh, we'll see what uh, what his stack, stack, uh, stock looks like. But big fan of Fontenot, bummed that he's out. JB, Falcons fan, we are so back. Back to what? <laughs> Sorry, I'm an old head where, you know, the Falcons were never really all that good. Back to what? No, the 2000s were kind of a golden age for the Atlanta Falcons compared to the rest of their history. Um, damn near got a Super Bowl out of it, et cetera, et cetera. Evan, Evan, I know Evan's happy. Evan says, good morning. We have our coordinators. Now it's time for evaluations. Who do you genuinely think will be the quarterback going into next year? Justin Fields? I almost said Christian Kirk. Kirk Cousins asking for $45 million per year, a rookie, a journeyman. Uh, I don't think Cousins is going to get $45 million per year. Um, 
45 on a two-year deal with 30 guaranteed starts making sense, Nick, because that ends up being a one-year $30 million deal. Um, But um, I could see Cousins in Atlanta. I could. I think that would make a lot of sense. I mean, could you picture Kirk Cousins stepping in for Matthew Stafford? If if that's the kind of offense they're going to run, if they're going to be something similar to that, the answer to that one, Nick, is... I don't yes. No, yes. could you? Does does Kirk Cousins, would he fit into an offense that Matthew Stafford fits into? Yes, for the most part. He, you're not going to have as many of the trick shots uh, yeah. that you see with Matt Stafford. The arm I'm not saying stuff. he's Matthew Stafford, but he's yeah. he could run that offense. Yeah, the thing with Matt Stafford is that he's the arm talent and the arm arrogance he has. He's able to push windows and do stuff off platform within, still within structure uh, that only six, seven quarterbacks can do consistently. Ever. You only have that from Cousins. <laughs> I mean, ever, too. Uh, so Cousins is much more static in the pocket. Now, that said, there's some plays when he's healthy where he's able to you know, still go off platform, you know, off that back foot, and deliver the ball really well. And I think he'd be a really good fit. He's going to be expensive. It comes down to that Achilles. But, I mean, you put Cousins on this team, you're probably – I'd probably have him at 11.5 wins over under uh, with Cousins if, if he's healthy. Uh, just mm-hmm. – I think the bones of the rest of the roster are that good give him 30 million dollars you know basically a two-year deal worth whatever you want to pay him in year one guaranteed so it is a one-year deal um and then go buy about a two million dollar lloyd's of london insurance policy you know if you're arthur blank to in case he gets hurt uh rise up good morning coming in from jamal good to see you another pr pr good to see you as well love that tube dave glassman is in here with us this morning mark schrader out in texas says thanks for covering the senior bowl scott well thanks to y'all is why i'm down here um when i first started doing this a few years ago i guess it would be three years ago now for this would be my fourth so that would be three years ago i was down here for my first one of these four uh i had about 600 maybe subscribers on the youtube channel and it wasn't monetizing it was just listen this is something i want to start doing and by the end of the week, I think we'll probably have 5,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. I've got a big following on the Facebook page, which is monetizing as well. So because of Mark and guys like y'all who have been with us from the beginning and have told your friends and have shared and liked and all those kind of stuff, well, by God, I'll be coming down. I'll be I'll be down here. And uh, I got the 4K camera sitting behind me and um, ready to bring some video tonight. The first two videos I'll have, I'll have one for sure. These take a little bit longer, and my Wi-Fi is crap here, so uploading it takes an hour. But I'll have Bo Nix and or Michael Penix tonight, so that will be the first ones to look for 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 what they do today. It'll be a lot of throwing on air. It's not going to be a lot of exciting. Of course, last year I said that, and the Jokers went out and did one-on-ones in the lines of scrimmage last year. So you never might get know, that but... again. Last year it was Dewan Jones, right? It's like, oh my yeah. God, this and he goes so falls the fourth th- fourth round because he's a little bit of an odd odd duck. But uh, looks no, like he left. Then he round. left. Yep, yep, that dominated and then was gone. Um, Mohamed Sanu for wide receiver coach. I don't know if that actually is breaking news or if that's you're just calling a shot there. No, JB. I think that's, that's where he wants. And, you know, and, and the other one in here, who did I miss in here? Talking about Terrence Mathis. Oh, it's another PRPR, Terrence Mathis. After I just got done saying that, you know, there's not a, it's not as critical a coaching position as offensive line or a defensive tackle with pass rushing trenches, I think is where you actually get the most coaching and co- outside of quarterback. Um, with technique and everything. Um, I don't think Mathis has been coaching. Now, I, he was on the Nike camp circuit the same time I was covering all of those. So I, I know he's put in some work and stuff, but I don't think he's even coached much high school. I'm, he's probably dabbled in it somewhere. But 
Um, I don't know what Mohamed Sanu has done um, either. Red Swarm says, good morning. Good to see you. Rusty Moore, he's just kind of meh on the defensive coordinator hire. And I, I get that. Um, again, I compare this a little bit to Arthur Smith hiring David Ragone, Dave Ragone. Um, but I think Lake has a much, much better resume than as just a an assistant to the to Raheem Morris that I, I think he brings a little bit more to the table here. No, yeah. I mean, I trust Morris and we're gonna see how it looks. And guess what? If Lake is not adequate, he'll be gone. Um, a lot of times coaching staffs take multiple years kind of really to get together because when the process is um when you're hiring those guys you need to get it together quick uh you need to not really target as specific guys as much you know guys that you like might want to work with or on other staffs immediately so sometimes it takes two or three cycles to really get that staff honed in and with the guys that you want now maybe not as much that's more positional coaches than it is the coordinators uh but We'll see with Lake. I mean, he's got tough, uh, big shoes to fill after what we saw last year from Nielsen. And uh, Morris is a defensive-minded coach, so kind of like last year with Arthur Smith, if the defense isn't up to par, coach is going to be taking heat for that. And he has, I guess he has a fall guy with Lake, but we'll see. Um, considered a really smart defensive backs coach and uh, second man in charge, at least. Uh, the, the buck stops with Morris in that regard. Here's the biggest difference for me between you hired defensive coaches before, but the defense never was really very good. Uh, you had Mike Smith, you had Dan Quinn, Raheem Morris was here. His defenses weren't that great in Atlanta. Terry Fontenot didn't give a damn about the defensive side of the, I'm sorry, I screwed that up. Thomas Dimitrov didn't give a damn about the defensive side of the ball. He, I, I said he built a team as if he was the agent for a quarterback on a seven on seven team. It, it, the trenches were just not ignored but they certainly didn't get the attention they deserve. I trust Terry Fontenot to build a much more balanced team and give the defensive guys some of the resources they need in order to succeed. We saw it last year. My God, they hit on every single one of their moves last year um, in free agency. And I don't expect it to be that good again. I mean, you go six for six, come on. But And then the bar was set low. I mean, again, they weren't replacing Hall of Famers out there, but they did a really, really good job. Um, you know, and JB coming in and saying Shanahan is a great overall team, though, when I was talking about, you know, being able to flush three first rounders down the drain. I honestly think Arthur Smith, and they, they figured we want to go to the San Francisco model and build a team that is so good. It's basically quarterback independent. We can just plug and play a guy in there. And, and they just, they didn't, they didn't have that. And then the turnovers, you know, that's, that's what gets you. You, you doesn't matter how good the rest of your team is. If, if you're turning the ball over Nick. Yeah, I mean, can't have it outside of points and yards. Nothing more indic indicative of wins, losses than the turnover margin. So got to protect the damn ball. And that's hopefully something that'll be better this season uh, than what we saw last year at the Falcons. Uh, Michael says, morning, everyone. I don't understand how we let Ryan go, who did good, and we kept the special teams coach, who I didn't think uh, did as well. Um, Ryan Nielsen probably went and asked if he could if he could leave. And despite contracts for coordinators – when you've got a staff change, I don't know that I've really ever seen guys being held to this. We saw it with Ajiro Evero last year when the Denver Broncos made a coaching change. Ajiro Evero is one of the top defensive coordinator candidates in the NFL. He's, he's going to be an, a head coach here before too long also. He asked to leave, and he was granted that request. So when, when Ryan Nielsen sees has a pretty good idea who's coming in, he says, hey, I'd like to go. Because they denied his request at first. 
They denied the request for Ryan Nielsen at first. And then after it was, I think it was Belichick's second interview, they said, yes, that's what kind of led us to think, okay, it's going to be Belichick. But that was one of the things that led me to think this might be a defensive guy coming in. And the day before he was hired, I had Raheem Morris's picture on the thumbnail of this pod uh, when Ryan Nielsen was gone. So it, I understand, Michael, when when they want when when they ask to be released. And frankly, Nick, you said uh, you said um, Raheem Morris and guys wanting to work for him. There's guys that want to work for Arthur Blank too. Arthur Blank is seen as a good owner amongst NFL personnel and a good guy to work for. So when you've got Raheem Morris and Arthur Blank coming out and making hires, you've got a pretty good chance to get the guys you want to in your in your on your staff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a good organization. It's a good opportunity. Also, like we talked about, the NFC South is open. You are not in the Patrick Mahomes, you know, hurdle every single year that uh, I find myself in with the Broncos. So uh, it's, it's a good spot. And Arthur Blank is definitely pulling all the stops. Uh, that's a big reason that you're in the Belichick conversation. Blank is willing to pay a hefty amount of money and he wants to win and listen to other people in the end. Uh, but it will be, uh, will be fun to follow. I mean, Curious to see. Now the question is quarterback. What does Arthur Blank do there? We kind of saw the aggressiveness with Deshaun Watson. There's been some flirtations about trades up in the past. Can you get up to three? Do you like quarterback four enough that you can take him there? Or can you, do you have to trade up for quarterback four? Do you pay a guy in free agency? It's going to be fascinating. Who knows? Um, this is about the only time I'll let these numbers be seen on this podcast, but it makes sense. Kyle Shanahan is primarily responsible for 28-3. Uh, you know, run the damn ball. And Matt Ryan may have said run the effing ball coming off the field one time uh, in that uh, in that game. He learned from his snakes is now considered one of the best in the business. We owe Mr. Morris the same consideration. Yeah. Again, experience. I mean, you get that, to get that job at 32 years old and flame out. Is that really that big a surprise? I mean, Sean McVay is one of the bigger exceptions to this rule. But, you know, some of the young wonderkins that we've seen come through, like Josh McDaniels, um, who else came through that early? Lane Kiffin was a head coach about that age. Um, Raheem Morris, you know, hey, they failed and get fired and they come back. So again, I'm I'm hopeful for this team. I really mean I'm really, really looking forward to the next couple of weeks with uh with free agency, because that's one of the things I never got it to be, I'll be honest with you, until I started working in NFL media, I never really understood how big NFL free agency was. Why? Because I'd only followed the Falcons and the Falcons didn't get free agents. Well, they do now. They, they've got guys, they've got an owner that'll spend some money and, and a franchise that's worth coming to. So, uh, very interesting. Red Swarm says, I know number eight may be a little rich for a pick like Michael Penix Jr. right now pre-combine, but I think he absolutely fits the prototypical quarterbacks that Zach Robinson has had with the Rams. How do you feel about this? I think eight is a little rich. Um would make me nervous, but you've seen him throw a lot more than I have. Does he, uh, does he fit into that Ram style of offense? I don't know. I mean, they like to move the pocket a good bit. Uh, they like to work the middle of the field and that is two areas where Penix is not as good. Now he's very smart in that drop back pass game. And if you really, I think Robinson, especially McVeigh, have been good enough that they've matched the quarterback to, or the scheme to the quarterback rather than the quarterback to the scheme. Uh, so they'd figure it out here. I don't know if Penix is a perfect fit. I don't know if he's number eight overall. Uh, we'll see. There's He's going to be off a lot of teams' boards, quite frankly, with the shoulder and 
leg injuries that he's had and on top of his age. Uh, so we'll find out uh, this week a little bit even uh, more even competition here between him, Nick's Rattler as well. Dark horse here. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, but yeah, if Panix is your guy, you can probably get him round two. Justin Farmer, and then we're probably going to have to get out of here. I uh, said so we got to keep it a tight 30, and we're at 28. He says, CBS gave Dave Canales a Panthers new head coach a B-plus hire, but gave Raheem a B-minus. To me, that makes no sense since Canales is a first-year coach while Morris has been in the league. And that you may have answered your question on that, Justin. It, it could be that mystery box thing. Um, again, if I'm looking at Raheem Morris and I wanted to be negative, I want to take the negative side, I'd look at his coaching career. Well, he was four and seven, three years ago in Atlanta. Why would I hire this guy? He's got an under 400 winning percentage. What kind of hire is that? Well, this is what it is. And we're looking at the positive side of things because we want to. We want to take a look at the, the, the upside here. Canales is the unknown and he's a hot candidate. I mean, if you were to take Bobby Slowick, uh, another one of those young guys, you know, would you have gotten a higher grade for hiring him? Probably. Uh, would he be a better head coach? Maybe, maybe not. Um, ben Johnson is probably the number two candidate out of everybody that was coming out in this cycle. He's an unknown, but when Washington hires him, they're going to get an A. They're going to get an A for this because of the the potential, the upside. That's a little bit more capped for a guy that already has a few years in the league by perception and none of those grades are going to win football games, Nate. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to grade quarterback or coaching staffs, uh, coaching hires. You don't really know until you have time pass. I mean, the Broncos got a good grade for Sean Payton, but could blow up uh, with how they're attacking the off the off season. If they're going to be aggressive and it doesn't work out, then set yourself further back. So you don't know until you know, uh, Brandon Swank says, do you think when it comes to free agency, Aaron Donald would be a good fit for us? There are 30, Two teams that Aaron Donald would be a good fit for. Uh, I don't know if he's ever going to hit free agency. I, there's been more flirtation with him retiring. I think rather than leaving the Rams, I think he'd call it quits uh, versus, you know, not not a, not a shot at the Falcons or anything. It's just he's played a lot now. He's getting older, and he's pretty much proven everything he can. He's got a ring. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the best singular players in the last decade in the NFL. He'd be on the all-decade team, no doubt. So uh, I don't think unless somebody's going to pay him unbelievable money, that just doesn't even make total sense. Maybe he'd go. But I remember two years ago, there was talk about him thinking like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I hang it up now. So I, I couldn't see it. The flip side of this and Andrew Lampy, I see you go on over to um, Mile High Huddle. We'll be there in just a minute or hang out. You know, I'm going to end this stream and we're going to launch another one. But he's asking about Denver Broncos. We're on Falcons right now. Uh, we're going to jump over to Denver Broncos here at youtube.com slash mile high huddle in the next couple of minutes, or you can stay here at YouTube at, at Facebook, uh, Scott Kennedy sports. But um, the answer to this is he would be a good fit. What's interesting enough though, is let's, let's take money out of the equation. The position I think is probably the best filled right now would be the both interior line spots. So if I could take a, if I could take the, not considering he's maybe the best defensive player in the league, but David Onyemata and a healthy Grady Jarrett are good. That's two mm. of the best. That's one of the best tandems in the NFL. So Aaron Donald, the impact that he would have, considering his stature as a player, isn't quite as high as if you were to grab one of the top two, the number one player at a different position. But yes, he'd be a good fit because he is that good. No, it's not going to happen. Listen, y'all, we got to get out of here. 
We will be back tomorrow, though, and we'll go 45 to 50 minutes. We'll be talking some Senior Bowl. We'll get back into all of this. We'll be back on our regular schedule, so Wednesday morning. So make sure you hit that subscribe button to get that alert. We will be back tomorrow. If you want to continue the conversation, we're going to go talk some quarterbacks. Come see us at uh, YouTube or Facebook slash Mile High Huddle. And uh, we're going to go there for 30. And then I'm going to run over to USA, South Alabama, and watch some Senior Bowl practice with my big old camera so I can get y'all some highlights. So we're talking Woo. quick. We're not going to even have any final words. We're getting out of here. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace.